I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome back. Welcome back to Awkward Sex in the City. Um, do apologize that there was no episode last week. I got COVID. I got COVID uh, and it threw me for a loop. Um, truly, truly fine. Uh, just a bad cold, fatigue. That's how I knew I had it because I kept testing because I fell off and I kept getting negative results and I was like, this isn't right. And then I had walked from the Amtrak. This will only make sense if you live in New York City. I walked from the Amtrak platform because, yeah, I fucking was traveling and had COVID. That's great. Love that for everyone around me. I was constantly wearing a mask because uh, I always do, no matter what. But I walked from the platform of the Amtrak train to the platform of the C train, which is a very, very normal amount to walk in New York City, especially if you live in New York City. And I was so winded that it was like scary. And I was just like, I am not okay. Like, I am not okay. I've got it. I know it. And then when I got home, I tested again and truly like hours before had tested and tested negative. And it just was watching the the positive line pop before even the control line. I was like, okay, here we go. Anywho, um, this is a really great episode. It's so great that we talked for uh two and a half hours. So welcome to part one of a two-part episode. I love those. Um, I don't know. I just think like it's really hard to talk nowadays and not like it's really hard for me to talk or like it's really hard for you, the listener talk, 
or my guests, but just like in general, to have that type of vulnerability, to have that type of willingness to receive and give with like no agenda and like no ulterior motive. Because doesn't that, for me, sometimes that is what it kind of feels like, right? And like my sample could be skewed, right? Because, you know, I am in comedy. I do p- like PR for my own shit. And it, and it, it's just such a big part of it, right? And after we recorded this episode, it brought me back to this movie, which you may or may not have heard of. Um, you probably have My Dinner with Andre. Um, it's a great movie. It honestly, like even just thinking about now, it might be like top five for me for like movies ever made because it is just a conversation. It's about two hours long and it's just two people talking and it's two people that like kind of didn't want to talk to each other at first but they've got a history and if you've seen community uh then you've seen them spoof it and or not even spoof but like reference it make an homage to it and you just watch that movie and you feel different afterwards it's one of those movies it has uh if you've seen everything everywhere all at once like if you did not feel different about yourself or about life after you watch that movie then like i don't know like i feel bad for you but it was kind of like that and the first time i saw that movie was in covid 2020 because aaron did this thing called morning movie club where he just get up in the morning and watch movies like he had this massive list and I usually was like sleeping and missed a lot of them, but I didn't miss my dinner with Andre. And I remember just us talking about it like afterwards for so long um, and how like it affected us and what it meant to us. And this is, is a long-winded way of me saying like, this is kind of what this conversation with my guests felt like. It was just like, we're here to talk. Not that I did not want to talk to my guests. Like I had a blast. Um, it was the first time we actually got to talk ever. And it goes everywhere. Um, which reminds me to tell you, trigger warning, we do talk about sexual assault in the first part of this two-parter episode. So just FYI, if that is not something you want to listen to, skip it, skip it, skip it. Um, But we go everywhere. It's funny. It's serious. It's irreverent. It's real. And how, you know, thankful and humbling of an experience to have that experience. My guest is Kirsten O'Brien, who is the co-host of The Boss Bitch Show, uh, which is a live show in New York City every second Thursday at the Comedy Shop in Bleecker Street. But it also, they just premiered their podcast, The Boss Bitch Show podcast. Uh, previous guest, Rachel Green, is the other co-host. And truly, amazing conversation with Rachel, amazing conversation with Kirsten, like after bo- like both of them. So like, I like want to be like really good friends with you. It's my awkward way of being like, can we be friends? And I just, I can't wait for y'all to listen. And if you like this podcast, you will definitely like the Boss Bitch Show podcast. You should definitely go like and rate and review and subscribe right now. Okay, I did not breathe once through that. So I will see y'all on the other side of this episode. How was the launch party? The launch party was a fucking delight it was so lovely we had incredible comedians guests with us we did things a little differently for this show usually we have about five or six comics and rachel and i will rotate hosting and headlining 
And this time we, we double headlined, uh, to celebrate. <laughs> um, and then we used a double sided dildo. <laughs> okay. The theme was doubles. <laughs> very, um, requiem for a dream. Very, very ass to ass. That's my favorite <laughs> quote from that movie. It's so just my, I, I like own that movie on, on DVD and I like to find ways to bring up that scene amongst multiple like yes. male friends because it will make them so uncomfortable <laughs> and it is the funniest thing to watch in the world. That movie is so good yes, and so disturbing. 100%. So yeah, so we double headlined and then we had two fabulous uh, comics. We had um, Tracy to. I can't say Tracy Tazini. I can't say her last name. Oh, she um she does um the Teen Mom Trash Talk. Yes. How do I say her um, last name? I'm so embarrassed. I but. don't know. I know I should know it too. Carnazzo. Tracy Carnazzo hosted for us and she was incredible. It's because her Instagram name is Trixie Tazini. Mm-hmm. And I get confused. <laughs> No, because I have old brain. Um, so Tracy hosted for us, and then we had uh, Chanel Ali and Emma Woman, and so we just had um, those three lovely women on the show, and it was a fucking blast. I mean, honestly, you know better than me, but like this is our first rodeo with podcasts, and wow, we it's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. A lot of work. I think I'm, um, I think we're both nominated for uh, Emmys for editing. <laughs> I love point. that. Yeah. Honestly, I was like, I wanted to do a podcast for years, for years, for years, for years, but it was the editing that like scared me. And then finally, my friend was like, find a producer, find a producer. They're like, I do. Um, I will, we oh. should, I will, after this, I will send you information. They're great. Um, I found like a, like a small network because my friend was like, just be the talent. It's so much work. Like, uh, just be the talent. That's like, just be the talent. I feel like is something I could masturbate to. Right. You know what I, mean? <laughs> like, I could rub one out to just like someone being like, just be the talent. Just be the talent, Kirsten. You're just the talent. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, like just, yeah. Like, it comes like, so hard. Oh my God. Just like squirt all over my bedroom. You know, just be the talent, I think is like the hottest thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah. <laughs> It, it is a shit ton of work. So I commend you. I know you've been doing this for a long time. Um, but you know what? I was really proud of us. You know, Rachel did a fantastic job editing the audio. I've been auditing, I've been editing the videos, which syncing audio and video, like, wow. Um, just throw me in a fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. That's the hell. Like, that's how. Truly, I was like, I can't Truly do it. Like, I just can't. I, I can't you even. Know, I respect, brain will explode. I respect that so much from you, Natalie. <laughs> because I, goals, goals. I can't wait to get to that point. Rachel and I say that to each other all the time of like, I cannot wait to hire someone to do this. I feel that oh, way yeah. social media. I feel that way about like this editing. Oh my God. But then, you know, on the other, on the other hand, like as a comedian, it is uh, a privilege to be able to like edit your own voice and like edit things exactly the way you would comedically want them to come out. You know what I mean? So it's like you must yeah. be lucky to have an editor that, you know, you're very aligned with. Um, you know what I mean? I feel like that's a find. 
that's real. Absolutely. And like, I don't know about you and Rachel, I really struggle with not having full control. So it was one of the first moments where I was like, no, I need to step back and see what that looks like. And I have to admit, like, it's definitely like, it's been okay. Like, it's been okay to be like, I, you can find people, like you said, like that you trust that get you. Yeah, no, I hear you. Delegating, delegating. We're powerful women, Natalie, and it's very hard. I mean, speaking of sex, you know, that's why, you know, people always think that Rachel and I are like dominant in the bedroom. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, I have to be dominant everywhere else in my life. I have to be a boss bitch all the fucking time and fucking order people around and direct everything. And like, you know, God, I sound like a real cunt, but you know, (laughs) so in the bedroom, I'm like, no, you take control. Please let me surrender. Please let Mm -hmm. me lay here. Like, (laughs) Oh yeah. Throw me around, like throw me against a wall. Like just, I'm please. Let me- oh, absolutely. Totally the same. Yeah. Um, and like, and in so many different areas, like not even just sex, I never thought as I started like experimenting more how much I'd want to be called like names too. Cause you're like, oh, I'm girl bossing it. And it's like, no, call me a filthy slut. Call me yes. a cum bucket instead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right? like it will, yeah. it will push me off the, like off the ledge. Mm-hmm. Like, it will make me come. And I remember being very like confused about that at first. And I don't remember where I read it, but it was just like, if you are type A, you, and you are like in charge of all this stuff, this is very normal. Like even, even little things, like when I'm done with like producing or done with work mm-hmm. to my partner, I'm like, I don't want to make any decisions. You make every single decision. Absolutely. Dinner, where we're going, what's yes. happening. Yep. I'm like, I, control. I can't tell yeah. me what to do. Yeah. yeah. It's so bizarre. It's very bizarre to people. And I understand, but it's like, you know, it's the same thing with like all the people who go to fucking sex dungeons are like top CEOs, you know, where they're yeah. making decisions, important decisions all day. And at the end of the day, they want to be called a filthy, worthless piece of shit and be, you know, slapped on their balls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not- I blame the patriarchy that they, that people don't feel like they can talk about this louder or more open but it's like this is very very normal yeah. absolutely yeah. go get flogged go get um, um, a dom all over you like yes. absolutely yeah. i mean and consensually that, of course yeah and then that being said it's like that is you gotta know what the fuck you're doing like yeah be people fuck around with this i have so much to say on this subject i mean don't get me started i was like it's the perfect pod to talk about it so uh yeah you know that being said, like SM and BDSM, you know, I'm not like, I'm no expert, you know what I mean? But I know enough about it that like, listen, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like you have a partner, but if you've been on the dating apps recently, like, especially ones like Field that are like more like... Field is getting super popular too, I feel like, yeah, which sex, I love. Yeah, sex forward, kink forward, like... Just people saying like, hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm into. And being Mm -hmm. upfront about that. Every fucking straight, cis, white motherfucker thinks they're a dom. Now, I'm like, you're not a dom. You just want a reason to abuse women under the guise of sex. I've had a couple of those men's feet on my face. And (laughs) I didn't appreciate it. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I was like, this seems like you're not doing it for sexual reasons. <laughs> this seems like you hate women, you know? Oh, no. I know. I know. So you got to be careful. You know, it's like uh, there's a, there's a certain amount of, you know, there's a lot of, not a certain amount, there's a lot of respect that goes into that dynamic, you know, and making sure that the person knows what aftercare is and knows like the yeah. importance of aftercare. And because there's a psychological aspect to BDSM and power play, you know, and people Absolutely. fuck around with this shit and they don't know what they're doing. And then they, you know, choke a bitch in bed and then they're like bye see you never and that person is like psychologically harmed you know what I mean? yeah it's why bdsm has such a bad rep it's like because bdsm is there's so much consent involved there's so much communication involved yes, communication and, consent absolutely mm-hmm. and yeah when it's done right when you've got your safe words in play you understand the limits and what your partner wants and vice versa because a dom a sub's got to know what a dom is comfortable with as well because maybe a dom doesn't want to spit in your mouth like maybe yeah. they are not comfortable with that yeah. and you have to talk about it and you have to have aftercare and you have to be able right. to know like you're being tied up you're being choked like right. you could like you could die if it's not done totally. properly. Totally. And I always blame Fifty Shades of Grey. I blame oh, it so much. So I had to read that book. It's so bad. It's not anything of what like BDSM is supposed to be yeah. and what it represents. And it is a dude who hates women fucking yes. with this person. And then it's like you look at the profile of the main character, the guy, Grey, mm. or the fuck his name is. It's like he's like this high-powered, like rich CEO guy. And I'm like you know, typically he would be the sub, Yep. you know? And I was like, so this like really isn't that accurate. And that would have been a movie I would have loved to see. Like he meets this woman and she, and he tells her what he wants. He's like, oh, I want you to fucking dominate me. Yeah. That would have been such a more interesting movie, like a way more interesting movie. And I think we should make it. I think we should. Yes. What was that show on Netflix? Oh my God. Um, came out a couple years ago and it was about like sex work and obviously like um, BDSM was in it oh. and it got, I'll have to find, I don't have my phone on me. I'll have to find what it's called. But the first season got like destroyed by sex workers. They were like, this is bullshit. This is not how it goes. And then the producers and the writers brought on sex workers and so season yes. two was like accurate and it was like that's all you gotta yes. do that's all you gotta do just like talk yes. to real people who do this Absolutely. and then make it accurate like yes. otherwise you're well, hurting people if you don't do that exactly you know and that's like across the board with like film and television like we see that so much where it's like you want to you want to oh, tackle yeah. subjects and not have those people who have that experience in the writer's room yeah, it's gonna suck. It's not. It's not gonna be accurate. It's gonna be a disservice to that pe- to those people and to whatever that culture is. You know, like come on, do better. Come yes. On. Okay. It was called bonding. Bonding. Oh my god, I gotta watch that. Yeah, it looks like it got canceled, but at least had two seasons. Oh my god, I need to watch that. I love it. You know who I thought um, did a great depiction? It's also a show that I fucking love and on paper it's i would it took me forever to start watching it billions 
You're watching. Oh no, but I've always wanted to because Dan Soder's in it, and I have the yes! biggest crush on Dan Soder. Like yes! I, anytime he talks, I'm just like I melt. Like oh, I love his little like so frat funny. voice. That's so funny because Dan Soder. I know Dan Soder from years ago. I used to. Um, I'm a dancer by trade, and I used to produce a burlesque show, a comedy Ooh. burlesque show, and we would have a stand-up host, and Dan Soder was our host for a little bitch. <laughs> I, I think he guessed it a couple times, but he was good friends with um, Graham K. And Graham K. was our regular host. And I think he like couldn't do the show once, and so like Dan stepped in. So it's really funny, like watching him on that show. Mm-hmm. That's great job. And uh, that show, it's it's not about BDSM per se. It's about like you know hedge funds and like fucking Wall Street, and it's so good. It's it's because it's all about. I say it's not about BDSM, but it is about power play. And isn't Wall Street and like all of that shit power play at the end of the day? It's like politics, power play, you know? But I I think it was, I think it's the opening scene of the first of the pilot episode. And there, spoiler alert, there is an incredible BDSM scene um, between Paul Giamatti, who is fucking incredible. And he plays a very high powered, um, like uh, a lawyer, like for the government, for the state government. I think he works for like the AG's office and super high powered guy, like incredibly intelligent. And he just wants to be humiliated. Like, and it is so fucking good. And Maggie Sif plays his wife. You know her face. She's an incredible actress. Oh my God, Maggie Stiff, I love you. And she's so hot. She is so hot. And it's just like, it's just a really lovely, like, you know, they appear like this very conventional, beautiful, like, you know, upper class New York City couple. Like they really capture that. Mm -hmm. She knows her husband's kink and she provides it for him, you know? And it's just so hot. It's so good. And uh, yeah, there's like, there's some dungeon scenes in the, uh, in the show. And I thought they depicted it pretty well. I love that. No, that's great. Because that's all you need. You need like just real accurate representation. And that's it. Like that's how powerful that is. I, I think sometimes people forget. And, you know, I'm not a dominatrix. I'm sure if like a professional watched the show, they'd be like, nah, maybe, you know, I don't know like what kind of consulting they have going on. Uh, But like, I thought it was a little more accurate. And of course, I love that they have like the, the dominance are women. So that's really hot. You know, that's just hard to see. Like, let's see us at the top somewhere. (laughs) Let's see us in control somewhere. Anywhere. It's not with our our bodies anymore. (laughs) It's funny, but I want to cry. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah it's so i think i'm still like in complete that di- denial of all of what's happened slash happening with that oh yeah i had to record an episode that day you mean uh our country turning into handmaid's show mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, my partner read um oh, where is it the something is octavia butler uh, okay the parable of the sower and so i like to think We've got that because it's more of a fight for what we want. And I feel like Handmaid's Tale is like, again, I've never read it. I've never watched it because I just, 
I oh. like I was actually talking to my partner is is a dude and he wanted to watch it and I was like I can't because it's still like a conversation like that's like this is still real and he was like no no like this isn't real anymore and I was like no no until we have full autonomy like this is a real conversation um and it hit him uh, that like oh this is like I never thought of it that way like you know we've got Roe versus Wade we've got blah 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 and then of course I think I said that like a year or two ago yeah um and so like now he gets it right and he sees it but I remember someone saying that like Handmaid's Tale is more like you gave up, like women gave up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. And then, but this parable, the sower was like, no, like we fight and we win. I don't know. I have not read either, but he well, just read it and said it was very good. Well, that I that sounds very interesting. I would love to look into that. Uh, Handmaid's Tale. The thing of it is, is that. Uh, listen, I have like definitely given myself PTSD flashbacks from watching that show. <laughs> and like, I don't know if that's, it's such a fucking good show. And the female characters are so complex in this show. Like, I feel like every character, protagonist, antagonist, they, and that's, to me, that's, um, that's what really makes like an incredible character is that they actually flip flop. Like they become oh. both throughout the show and you see, like you agree with them, you disagree with them, you love them, you hate them at like various points of the show. Another show was, uh, that was like, that was, um, I may destroy you. Oh my God. Oh my God. That show is so good. Right. It's very similar to that. You see the flaws in the characters. Like it is not, and you know, to, to the credit of, those shows tackling huge issues like women's rights and autonomy and um, sexual assault, they, these are complex issues. They are very complex. And if we're really going to explore them accurately, we have to explore the complexity and it can't be, it's not so black and white, you know? And what I loved about I May Destroy You is that it explores how every character in some way crosses a boundary, learns a boundary, experiences boundaries being crossed. Like, I think it, they just did that so fucking well. So well. Absolutely. And I, like, it reminded me too of also like I had a male friend who was like, oh my God, this show is so shocking. I can only watch one episode at a time. I hadn't started watching it yet. And I was watching it with my fiance who's a dude and i was like none of this is shocking no. this is what we go through all the time like uh, none of this yeah. is shocking oh. and it was just another moment of like uh like aha moment of like if people like people don't get the experiences that they've never lived like Ouch. and like again why this is like so important to have this type of representation like the last episode was so intense i was like where is this gonna go and it was done so beautifully that was the only time where i was like what's gonna happen but anything else the the allegations the sexual assault the i mean i don't want to spoil it for anyone's not watched it um sexual assault is definitely in it um none of it was shocking it was like yeah this is what we go through and think about yeah, like sh sucks, but this was this is real to us. Yeah, most of what happened in that show, I have either personally experienced myself or know someone who has, and and not like someone, like multiple women, if not all the women I know. <laughs> like, you know, I I got roofied recently. Oh my like, god, roofied in October at a bar. Oh my god, and that had never happened to me. 
it's a long story, but when I finally figured out what had happened to me and I started sharing it with friends and I was like, I got roof. They, and I described it to them. They were like, Oh yeah, that's exactly what happened to you because that's exactly what happened to me. Like you're describing exactly what physiologically happens. Like you're describing a scenario in which that would happen. And like, this is still happening to people. And to circle back on power play, what's interesting about it is like, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, women or anyone, not just women, by the way, like uh, all kinds of people are getting roofied still. That's still a thing. But, you know, a lot of people assume that like it, like getting roofied ends in sexual assault. Not always. Thank, I mean, thank God. But also I think it's being done as a power move. Mm-hmm. Of like, I am going to take away this person's consciousness. And mm-hmm. that is up to me. Like, I'm going to take that away from them, their choice of like having autonomy, of like having control over their body. Like it's somebody just saying, fuck you. I am going to fuck you up right now. I'm going to fuck up your whole night and your whole next day, (laughs) you know, and it's a sick power move. And people that do it are psychologically damaged. Like there's something wrong. (laughs) Clearly. I mean, who does that to another human being? It's hard. And I wonder, I sometimes wonder if like, You know, a lot of the people I know that have issues with letting go of control Mm. are women or people with like vaginas. And I wonder if it's because the idea of losing control is very real. It's very real and it's very unsafe. Yeah. It can happen to most people at one point, like in a situation like with roofies or uh, sexual assault or autonomy over our bodies or even like the smallest things of being touched when you don't want to be touched or being told to smile or anything like that. And so it is something that I definitely like, you know, talk about in therapy of like, why do I have this fear of letting go of control in, in any aspect of my life? Like, why do I have to control everything? And it's because of things like this, like this just could happen. Right. So why not control where I feel like I absolutely can um, to safeguard myself from other shit. Yeah. Um, this could happen or it has happened. Or it has, has happened. Left, yeah. And that has like psychologically left an imprint where you crave control. I mean, that's not abnormal, you know? Yeah. And this is, you know, that is what sexual assault can do to a person. You know what I mean? And just like the other thing about like stealthing, like, I, I don't know how much you're, mm-hmm. about, but yeah. I mean, Google it, selfing. It's like when, you know, someone removes a condom without the other person's consent. And I've absolutely had that happen to me. And when it did happen, I flipped out. I fucking flipped out. I felt violated. I like ran out of the room and like locked myself in a bathroom and like was crying. And, mm-hmm. and I remember at the time, you know, this was almost 15 years ago. And I remember at the time being like, wow, I'm having such a visceral reaction to this. And then I remember going back into the room and like having the conversation with the guy and being like, you can't do that. You know, this was almost 15 years ago. And I remember like feeling so violent. I mean, I was assaulted. Yeah. No, that is sexual assault. Stealthing is sexual assault. Yes. And it legally is sexual assault in places like the UK. I, I don't know like legally how it's working out in the United States right now, but it should be fucking considered sexual assault and, you know, prosecuted as such. And, uh, you know, again, 15 years ago, I think, you know, it just wasn't, 
like even on the radar as anything. Like it was just like, I went back in the room and was just like, had this conversation of like, why did you do that? You can't do that. That wasn't cool. Like, and it just like me just having to like, just like move on, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then like 15 years later, watching that show and, and having that come, like, this is what art can do. This is what true art and good television can do. Like it can help people to <laughs> realize and come to terms with, with what's happened to them and not feel alone. You know? Yeah. Do you remember how he reacted? The, the guy, when you talked about oh, it, he like yeah. totally brushed it off fucking piece of shit and was just yeah. like, Oh, I didn't think he would care. Like what? Like, I don't even remember. I like fucking blacked it out. Like what a fucking piece of shit. The root of that is men thinking that they have like a right to our bodies and like, you know, and feeling an, an entitlement to our bodies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. That is, uh, it's so fucking gross and it's so infuriating. So there's that. Yeah, <laughs> but I have I'm more so fun sorry. sex stories if you need that. I definitely have fun ones. I always tell people the conversation's going to go wherever the conversation goes, yes. but I am happy to go wherever the guest wants to go. So we can absolutely talk about just this and nothing else. Do not feel like you have to make this lighthearted because well, sometimes it's like, it's not, you know, I, like this is real. Well, you know, yeah. Um, being sexually assaulted is awkward. <laughs> it's very awkward. It's awkward <laughs> um, when someone is violent against you. Um, <laughs> so LOL, um, there's going to be so many trigger warnings on this episode. There will be trigger warnings in the in the beginning. But I did have a story that I wanted to tell you that is incredibly funny that I have never told publicly. And I'm oh my God. waiting for the right platform to tell this story. And Natalie, it's yours. It it almost belongs to you. Like Oh my God. I'm so honored. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, this, this story takes place uh, circa 2013. And I'm going to leave all the names out because I'm, an, you know, I'm a nice person, of course. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to out people. However, I really hope that this man at some point, like, embraces how funny this fucking story is. Like, I hope he tells this story. Like, I hope he gets to a point where he can also share the story so um anyways i uh i used to do a lot of sketch comedy and improv comedy at the people's improv theater oh we might have crossed paths i was there in 2013 Uh, okay yeah so you know god how old was i in 2013 younger i was much younger (laughs) and sluttier (laughs) you know i was just like Fucking a lot of people, you know, getting drunk and making out with people, like you know, oh, the, yeah. the good old days, the good old the, days. The worst for me are the moment where I was like, "You need to scale it back, Natalie." Is I went to go see a show of my boyfriend who performed at the pit, uh, and then there were multiple people on that stage that had been inside of me, and I was like, <laughs> "Well, you yeah, you scale it back a little bit." You're gonna love this story, then. Yeah, <laughs> in common. So I was interning and then I think like after my shift, I was like drinking and like watching shows and like there was this guy there that was like, you know, there's like a small handful of like hot guys that do improv and like I was going to fuck very small, right? <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm going to sleep with all of you. <laughs> 
because you're tall and you make me laugh. So anyways, one of those tall, funny idiots, uh, not idiots, I actually adore them all over the two. We were hanging out. He's making me laugh, which is like such a panty dropper for me. You know, like make me laugh, make fun of me. Oh my God, I'm wet. Like, so that was happening. We were making out. I ended up going home with him, like wasted, like went to his like Upper East Side apartment. It was one of those things where like you have sex with a person, but you're so drunk that you're like not like even in the room. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You kind of like come to at some point, not that I was like unconscious. It was very consensual, but I was like having sex and I was like, like I was just like oh my god like what I was like we had to stop like you know like just so wasted and so like we essentially had like bad drunk sex you know Mm -hmm. where it was like I really wanted to do this but I had like four too many drinks you know so like we started to have sex and then like we can't I was like oh you gotta stop like I gotta go to sleep and so he was like oh yeah like totally and so like I stayed over I like this. I used to stay over people's houses like, all, the time. all the time. I would never leave. I'd be like, I'm staying here. And they'd be like, oh, okay. I like had no problem with that. Now today I'm like, oh my God, get me the fuck out of here. And so, so we fall asleep and we wake up the next day and, you know, you do the thing where you like talk about all the same things that you talked about the last night but you can't remember because you were so drunk so I'm like let me get to know you so like we we're having like our cute little pillow talk and we're like I'm like getting to know him of like where are you from you know like how many siblings do you have you know like all the bullshit you know and it was like very cute and I was like I was like yeah sorry about last night like I just you know got too drunk and like you know whatever and we're having like this like cute pillow talk and he's like, I got to tell you something. And I was like, Oh shit. You know? And it's like, you start going through the roller decks. You're like, which STD is it? And should I worry? Or do I already have that one? (laughs) So I'm like, you know, and I'm always like braced for like open sex, you know, sex health conversation or whatever the fuck this was going to be like. And I was like, Oh God. And he's like, I got to tell you something. And I was like, shoot. And he's like, um, so last night, uh, that was, I've never done that before. And I was like, done what? I was like trying to like, think like, what did we do? I'm like, was there ass play? Did I like put a finger on his butt? Like, what did I, like, what did we do that he possibly is like, I've never done that before. And I was like, what do you like? I was like, what do you mean? Like, did we, did we get like kinky? Like, I don't what? And he was like, no, I had never done that before. And I was like, I just messaged you. Yes, I knew it. Oh my. I, have, I have a friend that has like a story about so, him. And it was part of like. So I was I'm like, like wait, what? And he was like, I had, that was my first time having sex. And I was like, excuse me, what? Like, And it wasn't like, I wasn't saying what in a shaming way. I was saying what in like, you're an attractive, like comedian who is like surrounded by women who are like (laughs) trying to find an improviser to fuck. Like who, what, like, how is this possible? And I think he was like 27 at the time. And I was like, okay, 
I was like, I need you. Like, did you have a religious upbringing? Like, what is, what is the story? So, you know, he ends up like sharing, like he was just like, you know, kind of brushed it off. And he was just like, yeah, no, it just never felt right. It never felt like this was the, and I was like, but it, <laughs> it felt right with me. Like, I was like, I just thought this was like a fun, like one night stand, like what? And then I was like, oh man. And I was like, I need you to know, like, I'm actually very good in bed. Like, <laughs> and that was terrible. That was not my best work. I was way too drunk. And I was like, all right. So, you know, saddle up. I was like, let's go. And yes. I, I need to redeem myself. Like that can't be, that can't be your first time. So I mount him like the uh, pony he was. <laughs> and I was like, this is going to take about a minute. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on with a virgin. It's, like this, It's his first time. We're, yeah, both, like... we're both sober now. This is going to take one minute. You know, like I'm going to get on top and I'm going to give you a nice ride, you know? And so I do. And it's like way better, you know, of course. And I was like, let me sh- at least show this guy a good time, you know? And so um, it's quick, of course. As I dismount, I bleed all over his penis. Oh, no. <laughs> like, it is just like, you know, when you get out and like his, his dick was the stopper. You know what I mean? Like his dick was the stopper keeping it in there. And I got off and it was just like a gush. Oh, and my God. this poor, poor man was so horrified. And of course, like, at this point, I had been having sex for like 15 years. So like, and had multiple like long-term boyfriends where like, you absolutely fuck on your period all the time. And like, who gets... Yeah. And also I've had plenty of one night stands where I had my period and they were like, who cares? You know, like no one gives a shit. We're adults, you know? And um, this poor man was so horrified. And I start laughing hysterically. Like I'm laughing so hard and i was like well um we're gonna get a lot of this uh out on the table i guess you're gonna experience a lot of things today you know and i was like this is something that can happen where you can get the period fucked out of you (laughs) yeah um i was laughing so hard he was so horrified i like went in the kitchen and got like some like wet paper towels and like cleaned them up and then i was like (laughs) Sorry, like, <laughs> like, sorry, but also you're welcome for like fucking you better. And he got really, really weird. And I was like, uh, does your roommate have like tampons? So I'm like searching in the bathroom for like a tampon. And then I like come out and I'm like, I'm still like, that was hilarious. And like, wasn't that funny. And he's like, so horrified. And like weird and was like, well, I gotta, you know, I have a lot to do today. And I was like, okay, bro. Like, (laughs) it's like, I'll let myself out. Like, it's cool. But then cut to, here's the best part of the story. Um, It was 2013. However, it was also 9-11. Oh, (laughs) 
I think, you know, no disrespect, but a fitting date for that experience. He will never forget. <laughs> he will never forget. He will never forget. I mean, honestly, you gave him the full losing virginity experience. The it was like experience. it was like he broke your hymen. Like, uh, yeah, there you go. I gave him the illusion of me also being a virgin. Yeah, oh. my first time, so I bled. I was on wooden stairs at a party. Hot. And I did not. T- oh my god, it was so hot. My first time oh. was like, I'm so happy with my first time. Oh. It was like I didn't want it to be with someone I loved. I wanted to be with someone like I liked and I knew would like want to have sex with me. We fucked on these wooden stairs in this like secret basement room. Oh, and I bled all over his dick, all over his shirt because we weren't getting fully naked. He like pulled up his shirt. Oh, and I like so hot. Stuff down. I love that. So hot. But then I bled all over the stairs <laughs> in his friend's house, and so to like he had to clean it up afterwards, I'm like days afterwards. Good. Clean it, yeah. Clean up my menstrual blood or my hymen blood, whatever. Oh my god, it was so great. I ha- I was a little bit older too. I was twenty, so I was like already kind of like in the moment. I was like really weirded out by it and like very embarrassed. And people saw like the blood and were like, "What happened?" And like he was like, "I got to take you to the hospital." And I was like, "You don't have to take me to the hospital." <laughs> like <laughs> it was not like a rusty nail. Like it's called the hymen. Um, it's, it's called the hymen. Yeah. And then like days later, he like texted me. On our little like T9, you know, flip phones. And he was like, I'm cleaning up your blood. And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm so sorry. Was it, car- it was wood or carpet? It was wood. Like, it wasn't coming out. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He got a, got a little nice burgundy stain on the stairs <laughs> now. And, but like, after I said, like, oh my God, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. He was like, it was completely worth it. And I was like, shit, that was like a sexy text. That he that said. is a hot losing your, most people don't have a hot losing your virginity story. Uh, that is really sexy. Also, okay. So one, I just want to say partially clothed sex is so fucking hot. The best. Like, like move my underwear to the side. Ah, oh my god. That is so fucking hot. Like pull up my dress, pull up my skirt. Like, ah, oh, that's so hot. And then too, I just, for the audience members, like not everyone has like an intact hymen. If you are still a virgin, like you don't have to bleed. It's not like a sign of like purity. You know what I mean? But some, oh, yeah, people for have, sure. you know, some people bleed and have a hymen. Man, that's a hot story. I'm like discombobulated by it. I'm <laughs> discombobulated by your losing your virginity story. Well, don't worry. I make it awkward. So we like had class <laughs> together. We met in class. And so we were like, so after he's texting me that, we're like trying to figure out when to hook up again. And we do this second time. We're sober. Uh, it's in broad daylight. He comes over to my place and he goes down on me and he's the first guy to ever go down on me. And I don't know what to do. Right. So I've like completely shaven. He's getting like little like, like shaved tubes <laughs> like in his yeah. mouth. And I'm faking it because I don't know what it's supposed to feel like. And I fake so hard that I'm breathing very shallowly. Like I hyperventilate, (laughs) but I keep going while hyperventilating. And I Googled this later because I was like, what the fuck happened to my body? If you keep hyperventilating, you can lose like the ability to move your hands. So all of a sudden my hands were like this and I had to like tap him with like my hands. And I was like, you have to stop. I can't move like my hands and arms. And he was just like, mortified and like the next day we had class and we both were just like we will never speak of this and we never hooked up again but we were like never like we just we can't it's so like 
wow, so you had a hot losing your virginity story and then you had to go and make it awkward. I had to make it weird. The writing was on the wall for this show. There was no way. There was no way around it. It's one of my favorite awkward sex stories, though I don't have the the going down, losing my digit mobility um, written out yet. But it is something that, like, I definitely want to talk about on stage because it's like it's wild. That's wild, and what a story! So I I must say to redeem this person um, Mm -hmm. on their nine eleven losing their virginity story. Similar thing happened where I, a couple months later, started seriously dating someone Mm -hmm. who was on a team at the pit. And I went to go see his show and I look on stage and I'm like, fuck, (laughs) because they were on a team together. And I will give credit to him that he never mentioned it. He never, I know for a fact, he never told my boyfriend. He never told anyone. Um, Like we were all friends, you know, and he was very gracious and very nice to me from that point on. Like he made nice. And I really respected that. I was like, oh, thank you for not making this weird and for being kind. And we are friends today. We are actually friends today. Um, We have never spoken of it. (laughs) And I don't think he knows that I have told everyone I have left his name out except for a few people that I like couldn't leave the name out. And I like, they were like, or they guessed it. And I was like, fuck, well, I can't hide it, you know, but what a great story. I mean, I think it's a great story. I think it's a really funny story. I think he should take ownership of the story because it's great. I think so too. And like at the moment you said tall, I knew who it was. Um, only because of the person that I know who has a story about the same person. That's why, that's why I messaged you. I was like, I, I love think- this anonymous shared sex stories. Like so funny. And the pit was just so small and so incestuous. Incestuous. Like, that's what I call it all the time. One of the girls that tours with me, um, Carolina Teresa, the first time I'd ever had her on the, sh- on awkward sex and city, she's telling a story about this person and she says a, something that happened during the sex. And I was like, we have had sex with the same person. <laughs> I was like, this is the first awkward sex story I've ever heard from you. And I can guarantee you and I have had sex with the same exact person. And I then we like you and we I went I- through our notes and we were like, yep, mm-hmm, we have had sex with the same person, did the same exact thing. Hilarious. Yeah. I had, um, we, there was a person who I was on a sketch team for like a year and a half and we were all, it was mostly women on the team, which was incredible. And we, we had a a friend of one of our teammates who used to come to a lot of our shows and they had had sex before. And then she was like, at that point, like I had like come out of a relationship and I like didn't have sex for a year. And I was like ready. I was like, I need to, I need to have sex. And like, they were like, my friend was like, oh, you should fuck so-and-so who like comes to our show all the time. It's like, she's like, I've had sex with him. He's great. And I was like, oh, okay. He's very attractive. And then I was supposed to like meet him at this rehearsal and I got sick and I didn't end up going to the rehearsal. And so another one of my teammates ended up fucking him. And then she was like, no, Sarah's right. He's great. Like you should absolutely fucking like if you haven't had sex in a while this is gonna be a great experience and she was like my friend rosie who i fucking adore she was like you 
oh man, this is also a really great story. She was like, you're going to love it. <laughs> She's like, this is what's going to happen. He lived in a really nice, like high rise in Long Island city that like, overlooked, you know, the East river and like a view of like the New York city skyline. And she was like, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go over there. He's going to, he's going to take you to the living room. He's going to pick you up. He's going to take, which love it. Love it. Yes. He's going to pick you up. He's going to bring you to the living room and he's going to sit you down in one of his like nice velvet chairs that faces the East river and the New York city skyline. And he's going to go down on you while you have a view of New York city. And I was like, that sounds great. Yes. And, and then she's like, and then he's going to pick you up again. He's going to take you to, he's going to take you to the bedroom. He's going to fuck you. He's got a nice dick. Here are the dimensions. It's thick. It's good size. Like, you know, it's going to be hot. And I was like, this sounds great. I'm in. So after one of our shows, he was there and he ended up like, he left with like, without saying goodbye. And I was like, fuck, I was like going to go home with him. And so I like texted him and I was like, I'm coming over. And he was like, okay, great. And I was like, okay, great. So I like go over there, play by play, play by play, picks me up, the whole thing. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. Fun detail. He, uh, did jujitsu. So he was like very strong and like, you know, whatever, like very into jujitsu, just like a weird thing, but like, whatever, live your dreams, man. You know, yeah, live your dreams. <laughs> and so yeah, live your dreams, man. So we do the whole thing. Brings me, brings me into the living room. I have a beautiful view of the skyline. He goes down on me. Like, I think I go down on him. He picks me up, brings me back in the bedroom. And so this was fun. He was like, had me like, like picked me up, you know, like arms, like my thighs are like on his, his biceps, you know? And he's, um, he's holding me with like one arm and fingering oh me with the, with the other hand. And I was like, wow, this is great. And then like, I'm enjoying that. And then all of a sudden I feel him hoist me into the air. Fingers still inside me, by the way. He's, oh got me in, like, he's got me like in like a dirty dancing lift. Okay. Like with one arm, he's got like one hand on my abdomen and the other hand inside me. And I am like, what is happening? I start laughing. So <laughs> this is a thing. I start laughing hysterically and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> he goes, I don't know. I just wanted to see if I could do it. And I was like, what? I was laughing so hard, Natalie. I couldn't recover. Like I couldn't recover like sexually from that experience. Like the, like the magic was gone, but it was so funny that I was enjoying it in a very different way, like in a sexual comedic way. And I couldn't stop laughing. And then like, eventually he like brought me down and like put me on the bed and then like tried to have sex with me again. And I just couldn't stop laughing. I was laughing so hard. I was crying. Like, and so then I told my friend, of course I told everyone this story. Like if you've had sex with me, just know I'm going to share. So like, if it's like a casual, like romp, you know, relationship, relationship with someone like that's private, you know, like, you know, like whatever. But like, if we have one, I stand, it what number one it's going in my comedy like you have to know that and like if something funny happens i'm telling everybody like i will be nice and leave your name out unless like we're all on that like page but like so my friends two of my friends had fucked him and i was like wait till you hear this story (laughs) 
And I'm like, yeah. So basically he like treated me like a basketball and he was a Harlem Globetrotter. Like, I swear to God, he was going to like spin me at some point. <laughs> so then from every point forward, whenever he would come to our show, like he'd walk through the door and all the girls on my sketch team, we would all look at each other. And that was like our sign for him. It was like two fingers in the air and a spin. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's a Harlem Globetrotter of sex. That is the title he gets. Did you ever hook up with him again? No, absolutely not. I couldn't recover from that one. It was just, <laughs> it was too funny. And like, and then I think he was like kind of interested in me. And I was like, mm. I can't. Like, I, like, like you hoisted me in the air mid fingering. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> it was fun. Thanks for having me. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. You had to give yourself that boundary because that, uh, like, this is so fun to look back at, like, the pit years because there was, one, so much sex, so many people. But then, you and, like, it's really fun to talk about. But then I'm reminded of, like, oh, these guys got so clingy. Like, it became such a thing. And it and a lot of them were shitty, too. A lot of them were, like, would, like, ghost you. Oh, my God. You didn't exist. I actually, I ended up, like, over a year, uh, maybe, like, a year and a half ago, hooking up with someone who I knew from the pit, but it was like during the pandemic and there was like some party and like, I like met up with everyone and like, didn't eat enough, didn't have dinner. And they had like those pre-batch cocktails and our friends worked at the bar and were giving us free drinks. And I got blackout. Like I got so fucking drunk and we ended up going back and like, their apartment we ended up going back to like the bartender's apartment which was also like this guy that i knew from the pit his apartment and they had a hot tub and like i love to be naked so i was like i got completely naked and got in the hot tub and i was like yeah you know i was like i'll keep decorum and keep my tits under the water but like you know i'm in the hot tub with like a couple guys and one of them had a girlfriend and the other one didn't and you can guess whose ass you know got backed up into, you know, (laughs) what's funny about this, I'll, you know, circle back on the story. So I ended up like, like having like a casual sex relationship with this guy for like six months. And it was nice. It was like a friendship. And, you know, it was just like, you know, friends with benefits. It was great. And he ultimately found out, uh, like asked me like who I had fucked in the pit. And I was like, listen, I'll tell you the stories, but I'm not going to tell you the names. Mm-hmm. And so I told the story. I told the 9-11 story and because it's such a funny story. And then he insisted that I tell him who it was. And I was like, all right, you know, just like keep it between us. But like, this is who it is. And then he um, like two days later, cut things off. Was oh like, I am friends with him and I can't do this anymore. And I was like, what? I was like, what? Because you know someone that I've had sex with? Like, yeah. You in the fucking eighth grade. Like, I, you know, but hey, listen, I don't want to be a cunt, you know? Like, everyone has their own boundaries. And that was a boundary. But I'm like, don't insist that I name the person and then hold it against me. Like, yes. fuck you. You know what I mean? Yes. Very oh like, slut shamey. And I I gave him an earful. I was like, 
I was like, I'm a whore. And like, you knew that about me. And like, I am nothing to be ashamed of. And there's probably more people that you know that I have fucked. And like, I don't give a shit. And like, I'm sorry that I may have not. I was, I was very triggered by it. I was very like, I was upset. No, but that's how these boys, because they weren't men, they were boys acted. Like, I had this one dude that I was hooking up with, um, but then he'd ghost me, and he'd be like, oh, I don't want anything more, blah, blah, blah. So I started dating someone, someone else at the the pit, and we had, like, kissed, like, at the pit or something, and I guess this guy saw it, and he was like, fuck you, like, how dare you? And I was like, (sighs) one, we were never fucking dating. We were never dating. Yeah, like, you don't own me. I made it clear I liked you and was go into a relationship with you and you you disappeared you ghosted you made me feel like shit i am not gonna feel bad for kissing my boyfriend who's also your friend sorry but that's the pit sorry not and like sorry. Like, like you yeah. didn't like all of a sudden you want me because like you can't have me and i'm not here for that shit it's this toxic fucking masculinity of like men wanting women to belong to them and mm-hmm. I was, and like, I'm sorry. And like many men will, will dispute this and be like, no, I'm a feminist. And I'm like, no, but you haven't fully explored why this bothers you. Yep. Why me having someone else's dick inside me that you happen to know, like why that deeply bothers you. And that's not my job to unpack that. That's your job to unpack that. And like, I'm not going to feel bad about it. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, there's no reason to feel sorry about that. And you know that dude also probably fucked a lot of people you knew. And like, I and I and he and it doesn't matter. He shared that with me, and I was like, cool. Like I could give a fuck. Like I don't fuck. Why would I care? Like we're yeah. all adults. We're all adults who have sex, and like <laughs> that was you know when you when you're performing at the pit, like you spend so much fucking time there that like that's your dating pool because that's your social yeah. circle. So like, yeah. and you have shared interests and like you're comedians and you all make each other laugh and there's a lot of alcohol involved and like, yeah, of course everyone's going to fuck each other, you know? Yeah. There's no way around it. And that's okay. As long as everyone is not acting like little bitches about it. Yeah. And the boys were acting like little bitches about they it. They were. The boys like, were being little bitches about it. And the women were like, yeah, so what? I like, after um, a rough breakup with someone at the pit, I was like, I, I was like, oh, I can't date any comedians anymore. I can't do it. But I like for the next year, I fucked nothing but comedians. <laughs> and it was great because what I did was it wasn't people at the pit. Come it was on. people that had their own shit to get, like their own shit. Uh, they like were like had done the work and I was like oh it's not comedians it's boys that haven't gone to therapy don't know what they want can't handle boundaries in a relationship because I'd be like hey I just got a relationship I don't want anything besides sex I don't want anything besides your body we can definitely hang out and like like fuck around at bars and stuff but I do not want to date you and they'd be like yeah this is great because they understood it like they weren't trying to like exactly they understood the assignment and just like it was like oh it's just boys at the pit pit at the boys at the pit i wow. did fuck another dude at the that was at the pit and it immediately like backfired and it was like <laughs> boy at the pit boy at the pit don't do it don't do it yeah i think that phase of my life is done guys thank you so much for listening remember to go subscribe go like go review the boss bitch show podcast uh with rachel and kirsten go follow kirsten o'brien on all the socials um at kizzy k-i-z-z-y-k-o for her insta and y'all i will see you for part two
next week.